Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's another edition of Zone Time. Sam from the broadcast is here. Omar from In the Mentions is here. Kath is also here from the Outsports Hockey Podcast. Uh, I tried to just bring up the topic of the Batman before we got started, and it seems as if no one has really watched it yet. So unlike what we almost did with Euphoria a couple episodes ago, <laughs> we will not engage in any uh, ice-breaking discussions about pop culture <laughs> things like the Batman, just to ensure uh, there are no spoilers. But uh you know what? I'm not even going to say if I liked it or not. Y'all go watch the movie. Uh, let's talk about another thing that's supposed to promise blockbusters. The trade deadline. The NHL oh, trade that's deadline. that's a good one. That was a good segue. That was a good, I, I like there? that. I like that. That was, that was clean. That was clean. You see what I did there? Uh, we're going to talk mainly about uh, trades throughout uh, the entirety of the show. It's going to be a trade deadline themed episode of Zone Time. And there's one team we seem to be focusing on a lot. Uh, and it happens to not necessarily be the Toronto Maple Leafs, but a team that could make a splash just ahead wait, of the wait. deadline. Okay, fine, that's true. <laughs> that's true. We, we, we have to consider who's on this episode. Uh, but the Colorado Avalanche, they're a team that has been linked to one Claude Giroux, who uh, by the time this episode is out, he will be playing his 1,000th game as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers uh, that night. So uh, we're on a Wednesday recording. This should be out on a Thursday. He'll be playing that Thursday night. Can you imagine if Claude Giroux joins the Colorado Avalanche? Like, there's the potential of, like, a super, like, super team, essentially, because they're already stacked. They have one of the best forwards in the world in Nathan McKinnon. They have a Norris Trophy candidate in Kale McCarr. Their goaltending looks to be pretty set. And then you just add Claude Giroux. Again, you, you have to figure out a way to do it without uh, your top picks. But uh, I'd like to know. I'd like to start with Cuff here. If they add Claude Giroux, like, are you willing to call this team like a super team? And I think we're getting there. I mean, it's really, really, really deep. I mean, it's the forwards that get all the attention, but I was talking to Peter Baugh, the athletic last year, and I threw it out there to him. Like, is the strength of this team now with the defense? And he wasn't quite ready to go there, but I feel more and more and more strong about that take, because if you look at their defense core, they've got nine NHL defensemen. Like, what does it take to win? What does it take to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Like, you need depth at that position. They got nine guys that, bun- a bunch of teams, like teams all across the postseason uh, bracket, would want on their roster. I'm like, I'm counting six or seven potentially elite guys too. Like, 
at their positions, like elite as in an elite fifth or an elite sixth or an elite seventh. Yeah. Like they are so, so deep at that position. And guess what? They're still underpaying one of the best players in the world in Nathan McKinnon. They got Nazem Kadri on a good deal. They've got all these guys who can chip in and do their part. And if they add Claude Giroux, again, it'll be at about half the cost, just like Josh Manson, who chose his shot. And of course he went to Colorado. Like you're just going to be adding another player that comes in undervalued. The only way to achieve a super team is to get a bunch of players that are elite undervalued. And if any team's doing that in the league right now, it's Colorado. That's not bad. Uh, Omar, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's literally like, it's like it's like in Power Rangers when they have a Megazord, and then like the new Ranger like comes comes out of nowhere, and then they add more Zords to the Megazord, and it gets just like this buffed out like animation. Like it's it's literally like that. Like I I look at Colorado and I don't I don't know how they can lose. Like even any aspect of weakness you feels kind of covered with the other areas of the team. Like you know you mentioned the goal the goaltending's a little shaky, but if you have a if you have like a, a solid blue line like what they're creating right now. Then you know goaltending, I think, can kind of figure out, figure out, figure itself out there. And then in the event where you have to score out your problems, they have literally all these players. And then adding Claude Giroux would just be a very annoying and frustrating cherry on top. And and it's funny, like Daryl Sutter, like you know, I had a, had an interesting point um, ahead of a game the other day, saying that you know you don't want to you don't want to be be the team that has to face Colorado for eight days because you're going to lose and. I yeah, like if I'm a it's team, a waste and, of time. It's a, it's waste, a waste of, of time. Days. Yeah, it's literally it's a waste. That there's there's no point. So if if I'm a team in the, in the West, the Central, whatever, and I see that I'm in a first round series against Colorado, like I'm just like if I'm the GM, I'm like, hey man, you know, good will we'll we'll, we'll 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 reassess in the summer. We'll see what's going on there because like they they're the team to beat. And yeah, like you know, we wave we, the we, white flag. Literally, wave it, <laughs> wave the white flag. Like we praise the NBA, and you know, for for you know, for making all these super teams, all these like these these one organizations, where these stars come together. And I think definitely when it comes to NHL, like Colorado has to be the closest thing to that. What about you, Sam? Yeah, I mean, this is you think about the Colorado Avalanche at their peak, like in the '90s. This is as close to that team as we've seen anyone get in a really long time. And, you know, those teams were my favorite teams growing up. So this is, this is great for me personally. Um, I would love to see them add Claude Drew. I think it, it would be so much fun to watch. I don't know that you could see any other team where they're like, oh yeah, we're just going to send Gabriel Landeskog off for knee surgery in the middle of the season. No big deal. Doesn't matter. Like he'll be back for playoffs and we're not going to miss a beat. Like they've lost over the last few years. They've lost McKinnon multiple times. They've lost Ratton multiple times. They've lost Slamiskog multiple times. And it never seems to derail them because they are, like Justin said, just absurdly deep. And, you know, I often think about the trade they pulled off to, to get Devon Taves. Oh, Yo, my God. Listen oh to me, man. My listen. goodness. What was it? Was it just like two seconds? Two second yeah. round pick. Listen, man. I never want. Listen. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Lou Lamorello was a great GM, <laughs> but like, 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 stop it, like that. My God, <laughs> the best part is you if don't... you say if you say this to any Islanders fan, they're like, Devon Taves isn't even that good. I'm like, I okay. don't know what you're watching. Sam, Sam, <laughs> I don't know what Sam, you're watching. Sam, 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 Sam. you tre- tread lightly with the Islanders. <laughs> tread lightly with the Islanders, please. <laughs> that being said, I don't ever want to hear people say that making trades are hard. Because there are GMs who will go out there and they'll say trades are hard. And I understand the climate that we're in. But when you see moves being pulled off like that, 
I'm sorry. As someone who doesn't know how to make a trade in the NHL, I'm like, well, why can't you do that? Sometimes <laughs> I sometimes I think that. Here's and, the thing, and, though. They are easier when you're the Colorado Avalanche right now, right? Because you mm. everybody wants to play for them. We, we don't actually see this yeah. often where That's guys will hold out for the opportunity to go to a select team. Like, that happens in the NBA all the time. We haven't really seen this in the NHL, but with Manson basically calling a shot, coming over for very little and to get paid only $2 million at least on Colorado's cap. And I think Giroux may be doing the same thing. Like that is a huge, huge advantage, but it's an advantage that's earned. So all yeah. credit in the world goes to the avalanche for that. Yeah. Is there any I, other? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the one thing that'll be interesting is whether or not the goaltending pans out. Like obviously it's, it's worked out for them in the regular season, but one of, one of their issues last year was Grubauer wasn't superb in, in the playoffs and they haven't made it out of, the first round, but they're doing what you want to see your team do, right? People who are like, oh, the abs are stacked and they still can't make it out of the first round. Sorry, Omar, I know it's treading dangerously close, but they they were in the second round last year to to, to, to that point. What what you want to do is put your team in the best position to make it. All it shows you is that you can have a super team and it's still incredibly hard to win. That is very true. And also we need a dollar every time we make some pot shot at the Leafs not getting out of the first round. I think if we did that, if we did that, we, they would accrue enough cap space to acquire another player ahead of the trade deadline at this point. Seriously. I can't even laugh. That's so, it's so funny. It's true. Speaking of other teams, just real quickly on this before we, we run out and, and go to another topic, but like, I feel like we're trying to telegraph Claude Giroux going to the Colorado Avalanche, but like, do you see Florida doing this? Do you see Florida also making some kind of splash? I believe they made a trade earlier on Wednesday. I think they shipped off like Frank for Toronto to the Rangers for fourth. Is that mm-hmm. clearing cap space for something else? Who knows? Uh, teams like the Lightning, they might stand pat, but if they're willing to make a move to make something happen, I mean, probably not for Claude Giroux, obviously, but do you see any other? I mean, the Tampa Bay Lightning, funny enough, why can't they be considered a super team? They've won back-to-back championships. You know, they're the, and they, again, they're the most impressive team in the salary cap era for not only winning back-to-back championships, but doing it within the calendar year and within a global pandemic. Like, why can't we give them the super team label? I don't know about you. If I was a player and I could call my shot, Colorado and Tampa Bay, those are the two teams I want to play for. I'm calling my agent. I'm saying, hey, get me to one of those teams. Tampa's already a super team, and they don't even have to make a move at the deadline to ensure that standing. So Colorado might be in the process of becoming a super team. Tampa Bay been one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. They are a super team. I, I think this, this the difference is that, you know, they have a core that is getting paid their full freight and they're still winning games. I think Colorado has the unique opportunity in that a lot of their players aren't making what you consider their full value. You mentioned Florida. They actually have maybe this tight little window to achieve that status. They did, as you mentioned, trade Frank for Toronto. Uh, to open some up and open up, excuse me, some salary cap space. Like they're not paying Barkov and Huberdo a lot of money yet. It's $10 million next year for Barkov. So maybe one more year where you could be really, really aggressive and try to become the Eastern Conference's super team. But it isn't the same. It isn't quite the same. Um, and they've got a couple guys who are making a lot of money. It's really Colorado has got this really interesting window where they can just it seems like the world's their oyster and uh, it's a rare and fleeting position to be in. And I think another, another point too, is that like when, when you're, when you're, I guess a player where you have all the leverage, I guess makes like, you know, kind of decide and choose where you want to go. I think you really do look at the track record of the team and like what they're building and what they're hoping to accomplish. 
And if I'm like a player like Claude Giroux, okay, so yeah, both Colorado and Florida who want me. Colorado mm-hmm. has been to the second round. They're trying to, you know, they're trying to get to that next level. Whereas Florida is in Leafs, in, in Leafs land where they haven't won a, a playoff series in however many years. So Since I think 1996. That, cool. Don't want to go <laughs> up against that. Um, so I think that's <laughs> I think that's another thing that um that that players like Drew will will take into account. You know, like yes, I want it all, yes, I'll accept the trade, but I also want to be move to a position where I have the best chance to win. And that gets thrown out a lot. And I think, well, especially around the, around the deadline, like, you know, insiders will say like, Oh, they want to go to the best situation to win. And they go to a random team and it's like, you're sure. Like, you like, are you really sure? And I, I think what, what Colorado has is, you know, and I think it's something that we've all touched on is that, you know, they have a prime of riches on as far as talent. They have, you know, players who are on great contracts, they have a window and they also have a drive. They, they know, that this is probably maybe one of their, I don't want to say last opportunities, but definitely best opportunities to really get something accomplished. And I think for them, it's it's Stanley Cup final or bust. And you know, if I'm if I'm a, if I'm one of the prime targets on a trade bait board, like that's definitely where I want to go. That's a good point, uh, Sam. Do you have any final thoughts on this one? I hope Colorado does it. <laughs> I I really hope they let, do. Let, By let the me way, throw. Oh, go ahead. Let me throw go one ahead. more stat at you. Sorry. You mentioned 1996 last time Florida. I think they went to the Stanley Cup final last time they had a they uh, they won a series. That was also the last time a team averaged more than four goals per game, finished a season with more than four goals per game. That was the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, so what is that? Almost almost 30 years ago, yeah. Florida Panthers are on pace to become the first team since the Penguins in 96 to average more than four goals per game. That could be considered pretty super. That's really good, really good on the stat. That's like what twenty six years? Because I'm ninety four, I'm gonna be twenty eight, so that's twenty six. So almost thirty years, exactly. By the way, uh, if you are watching on YouTube, you may notice my eyes dart from left to right, looking down. I am looking at my phone, making sure that no trades break while we record, because who knows what the hell this show is gonna turn into if we have to start talking about like Ben Sherratt getting moved to St. Louis in the middle of the show. You have to you have to be vigilant in these times. Um, one other speaking of trade deadline deals, um, I'd like for you guys to tap into your fandoms or, or tap into past years where you try drops loop best to watch Trade Center all day or maybe Sportsnet's broadcast, whatever it's called, uh, and think of deals not that worked but deals that didn't work. Uh, you you make a, your team makes a move for a guy, you think, hey man, this is really gonna set our team over the edge. And maybe the player does okay in the regular season, and then he fades, or maybe he just doesn't absolutely work. Like one guy I could think of who didn't really work out in the playoffs, he worked out in the regular season. Uh, remember the Thomas Vanek sweepstakes? Remember that when when he was available yeah. and the Canadians got him? I had no, I did not expect that to happen. He had like a hat trick in a game at one point. Then the playoffs, he kind of faltered. And also, we all kind of knew he wanted to go to to Minnesota. He went to school out there. He was gonna make his living and and be there, and that didn't really work out that long for him in Minnesota either. I think he even ended up back in Buffalo as well. But anyway, like Thomas Vanek is probably a name that could qualify for this category. Sam, I'd like to know if you if you have any other uh, any other examples that uh, could work for this exercise. Can you come back to me? We can do that. We can do that. It's a thinker. It's a thinker. It's very much a thinker. Omar, do you have one? Yes, I do. Julian, yes, I do, because and it's funny that we talked about him uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, this trade 
proves that no matter how many times we try to make it seem like hockey players are robots, they are not. They are people. The Toronto Maple Leafs acquiring Thomas Pokanics in 2018 mm. was weird and shouldn't have happened. As soon as it <laughs> happened, I'm like, I don't care what the what the return is. That is a bad trade because you can't take someone who mm-hmm. lives and breathes Montreal Canadiens, bring them to the rival team, tell them to shave his goatee and say, hey, be the same player. Like, you can't That's do true. that. And, like, watching it, it just, like, it never it never fit. And I don't even think he didn't really get an opportunity to kind of stand out, not until the playoffs, but he was on the second line with, like, I think Patrick Marlowe and Mitch Marner. But besides that, it just wasn't the – I don't think it was the impact that the, that the Leafs wanted at the time. And so that was just, that was always a trade that just would never really like fit for me. And then I guess on another note, I'm gonna kind of I guess change the stipulation of the conversation a little bit. Um, okay. The concept of own rentals. Hmm. The Leafs have done it a lot. In yes. 2018, the Leafs had two uh, expiring contracts in Tyler Bozak and James Van Rienzak, and they decided, hey, we're gonna keep them and let them walk and free agency and we all know how that would that how that took place now if you if you win a round or two or you have success in the playoffs it doesn't matter but again you know seeing and again i think jvr like finished the year with like 36 goals like seeing like the seasons that they had and then they walk away for nothing it just like it, it makes the season like all that like that much more difficult to, to swallow so the the concept of the whole own rental thing has always been something that's i don't think is talked about enough especially in in, in this market but you know, when you think of names like Jack Campbell, who was on an expiring deal, it's like you think, hey, you know, are they going to get a deal signed or are they going to wait? And, you know, it's a little concerning, but yeah. <laughs> the Placanics one was weird. Like he was yeah. so uncomfortable. Like he, you could tell he just didn't want to wear the sweater. He yeah. just couldn't handle being in the leaf sweater and even after so the deal was Montreal. and it was even after hilarious. the deal was made, like 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 the reports were out that like he was he was going to sign in Montreal. And free agency like like immediately after the trade i'm like cool that's great thanks <laughs> that's some commitment here uh, i don't know if the uh proper homework was done on that one but mm-hmm. oh well yeah was that lou that was lou lou did that right of course um, yes yes it was lou was it's rewarding another... that team was brian boyle the same year no that was the year before or was it the year before <laughs> yeah, even on a budget quality is non-negotiable that's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. To reward those teams. <laughs> got to reward them. Okay, yeah, I've got mine. Go. Okay. I've got mine. I had to work my way up to it. Oh, That's fine. That's fine. It was an obvious answer, but uh, Mark Messier. Uh. <laughs> the Canucks acquiring Mark Messier. 
Is that deadline? I don't think that was deadline, but no. I've, uh, you know I think what? I've just Who repressed cares? all the details. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Who cares? Let's just throw that in anyway and just talk about how. Yeah, Mark you're right. Messier it wasn't. Div- it wasn't deadline, but it's like the same concept as <laughs> the zero of the O's. <laughs> Oh, oh, who cares if it's not deadline? Mark Messier lives in the nightmares of Vancouver Canucks fans. One name you could have actually said uh, that actually worked in favor of the Vancouver Canucks, I believe, was a deadline deal in 1996 uh, when Marcus Naslin joined the Vancouver Canucks from the Pittsburgh Penguins. For Alex At, uh, Yeah, it's <laughs> Pittsburgh. One of the greatest Pitt- trades in Canucks history. Pittsburgh. What were you thinking, buddy? Jeez. Mm. Yeah, but that could work. That ended up being a good deal, but uh, I know we're looking for deals that did not work. But hey, this could work as a deal that didn't work for Pittsburgh, but that could That's definitely true. fit there. Cuff, do you have one? Uh, yeah, I think this is actually a good exercise because, like, I don't, you know, Nick Felino is kind of in the running because you mm. don't really like. I don't remember all the bad ones. I remember that one because it's fresh on my mind and it was pretty costly considering where the Leafs are at and what happened. Um, but I remember like Marion Gabrick going to the Kings and good things happening and Antoine Vermette going to the Blackhawks and good things happening. One name that the name that popped in my head immediately was Rick Nash. He wasn't even that does not apply. I I don't know why that one. That was like my first instinct. But then I went to Peter Forsberg, uh, who was awesome in Nashville. Like he was really, really awesome for his brief stay with the Nashville Predators. Unfortunately, like they had eyes on like going on a pl- deep run and winning a Stanley Cup with one of the best players ever, but they only lasted five games before beating, being booted out of the uh, first round by the San Jose Sharks. I think Forsberg was still like great in that small series, but they just, they just didn't have it that year, I guess. And they went out and made this huge deal and it just didn't work out. Thankfully, like most deals, they didn't really give up much. They lost, like they, they traded a lot, but they only lost Ryan Parent, Scotty Upshaw first, which turned out to be Jonathan Blum and a third round pick that uh, was spent on a player that definitely didn't ever make it. So kind of inconsequential. I think National Predators fans will always remember the brief Forsberg era, but uh, unfortunately it didn't last very long. That's true. Uh, Omar, you've raised your answer. Cause I, yes. I, I, when hearing Justin talk about the returns, I remembered Thomas Tatar. Yes. First, yes. Second, third. And yes. did, was he not? Was he not healthy? Scratch. In the he was playoffs? in the press box for the whole, like the whole run. Yeah. Yes. Whole. And then that, left for the Canadians in that following off season. That was a tough one. That's a tough one for sure. That's a lot of picks. Uh, do you guys remember the name Martin Erat? Yep. Oh, yeah. Yes. Martin Erat. Yeah. For those who don't remember, uh, back in 2013, the Washington Capitals uh, acquired Martin Erat. Uh, and a minor leaguer by the name of Michael Latta from the Nashville Predators at the trade deadline. Mm. Thought, hey, that could be a pretty good move. All it cost them was 2012 first-round pick Philip Forsberg. Oh. So bad. <laughs> imagine imagine Forsberg the-, the last 10 years with not 10 maybe, but the last like good chunk of Ovi's career with that on the second line with you know, whoever wants to play in that top six, whether it's Backstrom or whoever, like he's, he's amazing. Phil Forsberg is such an underrated player and he would have had such a ridiculous career in Washington had he stayed, but he went out and got Marty Erat. <laughs> <laughs> he 
Yeah, I, I don't know what really ended up happening to Marty Erat, but uh, I think Not Philip much. Forsberg is the leading point getter from the 2012 draft class, if I recall correctly. That's but y- yeah, y- y- I mean, hey, look, Washington got a cup out of it. I mean, not out of that trade, but they got, they got a cup. They got a cup like later. Like a lot later in their history. Just not to do because they got Martin Erat. That's what they'll, they'll never live down that trade, though. They'll never live no, down. They absolutely will not do it. Um, to conclude uh, our trade deadline special of uh, Zone Time, I brought back trivia, you know, because because I think it's a fun thing that we could all laugh at ourselves trivia. over. Yes. Uh, I love trivia too, Justin. Uh, so I prepared some questions. Uh, I asked you all to prepare some pens and paper and you all watching at home. You can participate too. Uh, I have some trade deadline related questions. They're all multiple choice. I'll read them out and uh, you show me your answer on the pen and on the pad that you've used uh, with your pen. Everyone ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Uh, question number one. The Boston Bruins, speaking of 2013, ahead oh. of the 2013 deadline, made a trade with the Dallas Stars to acquire a player who famously told Hockey Night in Canada that he was his own favorite player during that year's Stanley Cup final. Who was that player? Was it A, Sean Thornton, B, Wade Redden, C, Yarmir Yager, or D, Joe Corvo? Can I hear the, the options quiet. again? Yeah. Uh, Sean Thornton, A, B, Wade Redden, C, Yarmir Yager, or D, Joe Corvo? The Bruins acquired this player at the 2013 deadline. And uh, I guess in one of those little like Hockey Night Canada vignettes during the final, they sit a player down and they're like, hi, my name is so-and-so and and my favorite player was this. Uh, This player said his own name. (laughs) And I mean, in all fairness, you know, I don't know. Maybe, Maybe being a little cocky. Justin seems pretty confident in the fact that he has an answer. Sam looks like she's still thinking about it. Omar is lost in thought. I have to do a process of elimination. Okay. All right. Let's get these answers out. Three, two, one. Show them. Okay. So uh, Sam and Omar are wrong. Justin has it right. It was Yaramir Yagman. Come on. He was traded? I thought he signed there. Who else? That's what I thought, too. Oh, no, I thought he, he I thought he Boston. signed there. Oh, okay. I thought he signed there. That's why. Okay. Nah, he was traded to Boston that year mm. from Dallas. Mm. Um, okay. question okay. number two. Uh, let's see if you guys know this. Let's see if this story carried across Canada and resonated as much as it did in my city. Ahead of the 2008 NHL trade deadline, Montreal Canadiens fans believed their team was close to acquiring Marion Hosa because the team reportedly, according to the press, ordered a piece of hockey equipment fitted to his measurements. What was that piece of equipment? Was it A, shin pads, B, gloves, C, helmet, D, jock strap? It was a big deal. It was a very big deal. And it's still like, like legend, like pretty much to this day. Also, I think his brother may have been in the system at that time. So a lot of people thought, oh, well, maybe it was for his brother, Marcel. Do we have the answers? Mm-hmm. Can you read the options okay. one more time? Uh, shin pads <laughs> is A, gloves B, helmet C, and D is jock strap. Okay. All right. On the count of three, everybody. 
One, two, three. Show me your answers. There we go. Uh, Sam and Justin have it right. Uh, Omar, it's not a helmet. It was Marion Hosa. It was gloves. Gloves. Mm. Uh, There's a little like Hosa inscription, wasn't there? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, It ended up, uh, of course, Hosa did not go to the Montreal Canadiens that deadline. He went to the Pittsburgh Penguins, I believe, at that deadline. And then lost the Stanley Cup that year. And then went to Detroit the next year and lost. Wait, do I have that crossed up right? Which one? No, it's Pittsburgh first and he lost. Yeah. And then Detroit and then he lost. That's tough. And then Chicago and won. Yeah. And then Chicago and won and he won three with Chicago. Okay. Uh, next one. Mike Sillinger holds the record for most NHL teams played for with 12. But he also shares the record for most times traded with another NHLer, Brent Ashton. How many times were those two players traded? Was it A? nine times was it b 10 times was it c seven times or d six so it's either nine ten seven or six times that mike sillinger has been traded had been traded in his career he holds the record for most teams played for and shares the record for most team most trade most traded player essentially all right looks like uh i can't tell if sam's still thinking or not all right, let's do it. Three, two, one. Show me your answers. Sam is the oh nope. Sam and Omar got it right. It was uh, nine times. Uh, it okay. was nine times. Now I can okay. now now I feel good. That's All right, my, cool. that's my so goal for these trivia shows is these at least get one, and I feel good about <laughs> okay. myself. So Omar got <laughs> one. How many are there? Uh, so there's there's one last one. Okay, that's uh, all the marbles then. This is for all the marbles here. Justin and Sam, I think both have two, and then Omar has one. Uh, so hey, Omar, you have a chance. Hey, look, this next one is tie. about. Yes, mm-hmm. Omar, this next one's about the Leafs. So okay. you have, you might have no an excuses. advantage. Okay, all right. The Toronto Maple Leafs acquired Owen Nolan ahead of the 2003 NHL trade deadline from the San Jose Sharks. In exchange, they gave up Alan McCauley. Brad Boys and a first round pick that was eventually flipped to the Boston Bruins. You might remember the 2003 NHL entry draft and how stacked that class was. Who did the Bruins select in the first round of that year's draft? Was it A, Ryan Getzlaff, B, Brent Burns, C, Mark Stewart, D, Jeff Carter? Who did the Bruins take in the first round of that draft with that pick? Sorry, can you give the options again? Ryan Getzlaff. Brent Burns, Mark Stewart, Jeff Carter. Remember, Omar, you have the advantage. You're, you're the Leafs fan among us. Yeah. But I know I Justin tend, covers I the tend, team. I but... tend not to remember bad moments. It really got away from the Leafs quick, though. I mean, could have been worse. You could have taken Andre Kostitsin in that draft. <laughs> is he the, he the one that partied in nashville speaking of nashville playoff runs that didn't go well or that he sergey? may have probably sergey but I, I believe both of them ended up with some kind of reputation can you say the options one last time uh ryan gets laugh brent burns mark stewart jeff carter and i'm saying them in the order of a b c d omar's really thinking about it he, he might not genuinely know who the Boston Bruins took in the first round of the 2003 NHL entry draft. If it wasn't multiple choice, I would have had no chance. 
Oh, me and too. I, not, I may have oh, not yeah. gotten it right either. Oh, man. I, I Look, that's why I'm glad I do multiple choice because like I know if I were in your shoes, I would not get these. Absolutely not. I knew two of them for sure weren't. And then the other uh, two were a toss up. I'm actually quite surprised. But uh, you know what? It's actually kind of funny seeing Yomar just like sit there and think about it and not because, know. Because I, I had I have a hunch, but I feel like if that was right, we'd be talking about it more. Go through your process, Omar. Okay. Go through your process. Go through to the answer. Sam and, and I let's are locked see in. if you get it right. It's right here. All right. Go change okay. it. Okay. All right, everybody. Let's do Go this. Go through your process. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Omar, do you, do you need I, another? I business? wanted to know what his I'm theory good. was. Oh, just because like. Okay. Okay, it, it's not Getzlaff. I know that for a fact. Brett Burns, like, for some reason, that, like, st- that, like, stood out. But I was like, wait, if 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 that was a thing, if Brett Burns could have been a Leaf, I feel like that would have been talked about more, like, every time we face San Jose. So that's why I was like, no, it's probably not that. I mean, um, it, I mean, in all fairness, like, there's a lot of stuff that gets buried in time, right? Like, Brian Leach was a Leaf. A long time nah, ago. man. Man, there are still people who who's who like go back and think that we could have got um what's it called? I think like Detroit got Zetterberg in the second. No, there was there was like the, I think the two picks that Detroit used to get um Datsuk and Zetterberg, the least were like in the middle. So it was like Detroit got Datsuk, the least got some random goaltender, and then the Detroit got Zetterberg again. I'm pretty sure something like that. So like you could have been the Rangers and taken Hugh Jessieman, who I think turned into like a Broadway actor not too long. Did you after say though the the last two, the last two options one more time. Mark Stewart and okay. Jeff Carter. Those are C and D. Okay, I, th- I think I know. Can my, we like? Can I we like? I, I wish we could have added like uh, "Who Wants to Be a Millionaire" music underneath all of them. because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really good. It's still possible. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. yeah. All right, everybody. Okay. Final answer. Unveil your answers. Yep. Three, two. One. <laughs> it's so funny. He scratched out B. The correct answer is C. Mark Let's Stewart. Let's go. Okay. Like a reaction to Stewart. it. That, yeah, a hundred percent. Because like that. That's how I was thinking of him. Like if if like it's no definitely way. not Getzlaff. I know Getzlaff was a was an Anaheim draft pick. I know. Yes. Um. I know. I know Jeff Carter. I Je- was Jeff Carter. Oh no, Jeff Carter He's was a flyer. Fan. Philly. Yeah, Philly. Yeah. Phil- Jeff Carter was Philly. Like Mike Richards. And I was like yes. going back and forth. I'm like, there's no way. If Brett Burns could have been a Leaf, it, every time, every Brent, time we Brent faced Burns. San Jose. Brent Burns was Brent with Burns the Wild. Was, yeah, yeah, that's that what, yeah, exactly. Correct. Headshot. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, cool. Excellent. The Leafs Wicked. didn't pick until like 57th overall that year? 2003. I'm not surprised because I'm not Yeah, surprised. wow. And they didn't even get like a uh, good player. Trade the the second... first rounders, I guess. Yes, because second... I, that was that was a year where it's just like, hey, first round picks, who cares about that? Prospects, you haven't played in the NHL, who cares? There you go. Off like, man. Time so is John, a flat circle. It's repeat, John Dor- repeating John, itself. Yeah. John Doherty, 57th overall. The very next pick. Future Chicago Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Colleton. Oh, he and was then Maxim Lapierre later on, and then David Backus, and then Jimmy Howard. Two thousand three okay. staff, dude. It's, yeah, it's, and that's all so, before so like fun. Shea Weber and and yeah. and Petrus Bergeron were taken. That's the one draft that's so fun to like just look go look look through and it's like you went where? Like it's it's a wild draft like that in twenty fifteen. I think were are two drafts that are like so fun to go through. And like the world junior oh. team the year after. Oh yes. My God. Stacked. Oh, oh my God. Stacked. Stacked. 
still the most stacked world junior team for Team Canada we've ever seen, ever. Like that first line with 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 Bergeron, Perry, and and Crosby. That's so stupid. <laughs> That's so stupid. Anyway, we'll keep that in mind for when we inevitably talk about the uh, NHL draft, whether it's uh, you know on Zoom or maybe uh, in person in Montreal. Who knows? We could find a way to make that work. In the meantime, uh, thank you all for uh, watching our trade dot trade deadline edition English trade deadline edition of Zone Time. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode, and we'll talk about all the trades that happened and the trades that didn't happen. Maybe Claude Giroux will play for the Colorado Avalanche. Maybe he'll play for the Florida Panthers and haunt the Toronto Maple Leafs some more. We'll get I back quit. to it next week. I, I, I quit if he goes no, to Florida. No, you cannot quit. You cannot quit, Omar. You're no, not, not, no, not, no, not like quit like you're, zone time. No, I, I love forever. I love this platform. I will, I will like actively scream like into the void if he ends up on Florida. You should like do a Twitter space and do that. For Omar, Sam, Cuff, I'm Julian saying so long and peace. We'll be back next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.